machine costs two cents an hour per current. It lasts indefinitely. It gets no wrinkles, no arthritis, no hardening of the arteries. Two of those machines replace 114 men that take no coffee breaks, no sick leaves, no vacations with pay. When you look back to the e-commerce tidal wave that was coming, we all knew it was coming. And we anticipated it, we prepared for it to the degree that some companies that were in completely unrelated industries, like they were in the natural gas business and they ran fiber optics in their gas lines to be ready. But the adoption process takes time, Mm -hmm. right? And so 15 years later, we're looking at uh, this significant uptick in the number of retail businesses that are declaring bankruptcy and the number of layoffs in our report that are around retail environments. Mm -hmm. We knew it was coming, but we didn't really, it's like, okay, it's coming, it's coming after all, uh, I I I can't be this nervous this long. I can't be nervous for 15 years. I'm just going to go about my day. Right, right. So when you look at automation, I think we have the same issue. Yeah. Because it's coming, and everyone can see that. We, we know it's going to happen uh, the same way that the assembly line changed manufacturing, uh, the same way that we offshored uh, our manufacturing base to the cheapest hourly rate. That will be the same driver for automation. Because when the cost of making my products and doing well on the market and doing well against my competitors uh, is lower when I automate, what's to keep me from doing that? Mm -hmm. Short term. Right. Now long term, at some point, if you automate everything, who buys it? Welcome to the Challenger Podcast, your HR passport for trends and issues of the day. I'm Colleen Madden Blumenfeld. This episode, we talked to Rick Cobb about what happens when you take the human out of the workplace, how the drive for efficiency is leading to automation, and what that means for both workers and companies. So one of the things that that is a concern around automation is the moral concern. Uh, How do you automate and take into account people's feelings, their sense of self-worth when technology doesn't have feelings? Well, there's a, there's a parable that goes, uh, that's uh, been thrown around in the technology world for a while, and you may have heard it, but so the, the, let's assume that there is in the near future a group of scientists who build the supercomputer to end all supercomputers. They realize the risk of just letting something that has the ability to learn let just go off on its own, uh, so they decide to give it a benign task, and the benign task is to solve for pi. And so the computer begins to solve for pi, and of course, after a while, it realizes that it needs more resources so that it can solve the problem more quickly, and it absorbs some of the other computers in the building, and after a while, it takes over the building, and then it takes over the city, and then it takes over the country, then it takes over the planet, and now, of course, as it's learning, it realizes that it takes on more resources from the the solar system, ultimately the galaxy. And at the end of this whole horrible parable, Uh, this computer has taken over the known universe in order to solve for pi. The unintended consequences of not having barriers or controls or guidelines around what you want to have happen. And that's a, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also not improbable Mm -hmm. that if we don't build in to our artificial intelligence and our systems some value for humans and people then it's not going to do it itself. It's not going to come up with that. Right, right, right. 
So if this dystopian future mm-hmm. occurs where technology has taken over most production. Skynet. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, what does that mean for one companies yeah. and also for people? Well, there's a lot of uh, of futurist thinkers, and um, and you always take it with a grain of salt because we we're not really good at predicting the future. Right. But many of the people that are looking at work environments and behavior and human resources recognize we all want to be relevant. We all want to feel that we matter in some ways. And if we look back on moving the uh, manufacturing base offshore to the cheapest hourly rate, the unintended consequence of that was to create a very large population in the United States who doesn't feel very good about themselves. Irrespective of politics, you've got a lot of people that their livelihoods are either have been eliminated or have been threatened. Uh, The farming communities, the independent farmer doesn't hardly exist anymore because factory farming is a more efficient way to get protein to market. And the companies that run those understand that's how they operate. Are they terrible people? No, right. but they're they're running a business. Mm-hmm. So when you look at what's going on now, if we don't put some some recognition for the value of humans, it's our country, it's our planet, you know, and what we're doing to it. If we don't put something in that, it's not going to happen. And futurists are saying that the companies, if this is a trend, and if this next generation, the, the sort of the under 40 and the next generation after that is actually legitimately trying to make their consumer decisions based on your commitment to the, the greater good, so to speak, right. to the greater society, then those businesses aren't going to be able to stick around. Uh, I remember, uh, because I'm so incredibly old, <laughs> uh, the GEs, uh, you know, we bring good things to life. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, GE was all about what we make for you to make your life easier, and and that was it. But, of course, when they offshored their manufacturing environments and sent all their stuff away, then they became a bank. Um, And so that's no longer a motto. But if you look at, say, and Simon Sinek, who's a a well-known futurist, talks about um, Apple's motto, which is to educate and to give teachers the tools to educate. That goes on forever. Well, they're a trillion dollars in size. Right. So it's clear that there's some benefit to taking care of people. To use a contemporary word, if you code into your business, mm-hmm. there's a there's a benefit to people in general. That there's a benefit to uh, to society at large. People look more kind, more fondly to your business. Yes. They're 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 more prone. I'm more prone to buy a pair of Tom's shoes, mm-hmm. even though they may not last as long as somebody else's, because I know that some of that money is being redirected back to people that need it. And this is, we've talked a lot about just the bias that goes into technology with the fact that mostly men are, are coding this technology. Sure. So this seems to go along the same lines. Kind oh, of yeah. Bit. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, you know, you, you, you can't know what you don't know. You can't experience what you don't experience. If you look at, you look at gender bias or, or inclusion or all the other issues that we're wrestling with right now, how do we, how do we uh, open up our businesses and ourselves to people that, look different or are different sex or, or uh, uh, have a dis- different gender orientation, a sexual orientation. And you look at that and you say, okay, well, who is doing the coding? Who's doing the programming? Mm-hmm. You know, history is written by the victor, right. right? And so with coding, it's the same thing. If the people writing the code are not sensitive to how someone of, of color or someone uh, from, from a different gender is going to feel about it, they're not going to write that in. They can't empathize because right. they don't have it. Right. It's not, so the bias gets built into the software. 
that we do that in interviewing. We do it in hiring. We're humans. We hire people we like. We don't hire people that are the best. The software is not going to be any different right. in terms of the kind of and work it, it does. It could be worse because it's not going to be able to learn. Right. Hey, I made a mistake. Then you know, yeah. most technology isn't saying I made a mistake and I need to. Yeah. Correct well, that's myself. a that's a that's a great point because you know if you look at if you take someone's and we talked about this before if you take someone's bias. The exception for that is personal experience. The, the horrible statement, some of my best friends are, right. is the only reason that it makes any sense is because they do have an exception to their bias. I am prejudiced except for this person I know. Right. right. And so how is, a, how is a machine ever going to do that? Exactly. Yeah, it's not going to. <laughs> it's not going to because the machine's structure and the model, why, why is it there? It's there to be more efficient about doing the business it's been designed to do to make it more profitable to do that work. Learn up to eat and work, and you can't pack them in cosmoline like surplus tanks, or put them out to pasture like old bulls. Well, we've seen just working in outplacement how much work matters to someone's self-esteem. So yeah. when people lose their jobs, it's a huge blow. So when you're I think especially when you're being replaced by mm -hmm. technology, yeah, that would hurt. I think even more potentially. Yeah, well, there's 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 no what's your path back from that? Yeah, right. And so you know, if you look at this and and we we look at what you could go take the science fiction story all the way to the end and say, well, at the end of this at the end of this story, that's just machines and there's no people. Um, but I think the other part of this is there's there's an alternative to this. When you look at employment right now being at around 3%, but we know the reality is is that it's much worse than that because a lot of the jobs are empty because they're the people that you would need to do the work are geographically and from a skills perspective not available. Right. We don't have people in the places who have the abilities to do the job. Well, that's a reskilling issue. And so rather than default to let's make a machine that does it and get rid of the people, which ultimately gets rid of your customer, mm -hmm. uh, let's actually give these people skill sets because then they feel relevant and they feel like they matter and they're making a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of HR science around there. And it is science. It's social science. But it's science about um, engagement. You know, there's a lot of industries out there that are looking at, you have engagement surveys and you have all these different methodologies for making people feel like they're valued and mentor-mentee relationships. Well, if you did, if you actually made people feel relevant and reskilled them and kept them and developed them in your organizations and found places for them where they could stay and matter, you wouldn't need the cost of recruiting right. and retention, the kinds of things that you're paying for now. You're solving a problem that only exists because you've created it. Yes. And so what we're really looking at with artificial intelligence is the same thing. The thing that I think companies should be paying attention to is artificial intelligence, machine learning, automation, these are all things that allow companies to be uh, more productive and more efficient with their resources to do the thing that they're trying to do, which right now is just to sell stuff, right. is to make stuff and sell it. And the futurists who are looking at this and the people who are trying to be responsible to the perhaps the, the bigger picture say, that's not enough, that you have to create some way for your company and its people to feel relevant and to let people know that you're trying to do something that actually has a benefit for everybody. You can learn more about Challenger by going to our website, www.challengergray.com, or finding us on social networks, Facebook, Twitter at Challenger Gray, and LinkedIn, Challenger Gray and Christmas Inc.